With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Well, let's find out with the aged chief cricket writer. His name is Dan Bredig. Dan, thanks for your time. Good to be with you, boys. Just before we get into the serious world of cricket, a much more serious story today, and I know you have paid tribute, as has everyone at the age, with the passing of Patrick Smith and the influence that he had on so many, but uh, we lost one of the greats. Yeah, a uh, formidable uh, figure in sports writing in Australia, and um, yeah, just about unmissable as a columnist, uh, whatever the topic within sport, or sometimes occasionally uh, outside of sport, not sure if... Uh, you guys read um, Chip Legrand's mm. tribute, um, but uh, yeah, the story of uh, Bruce Guthrie sending him to the um, uh, press gallery on Spring Street to uh, write a piece about Jeff Kennett uh, stood out to me, um, and, and that's one thing that um, I think is one of many qualities that, that Patrick possessed, that um, he could turn his uh, gifted pen to just about anything and um, make you want to read it right to the end. Yeah, there's no question about that. He had the uh, power brokers uh, jumping for joy when they weren't mentioned in the column. He had, a, as I said at the top of the program, he had this combination of uh, a really creative um, mind, uh, mixed it up with a bit of acerbic humour, a lot of insight, and uh, sometimes really harsh in his humour. But uh, as you rightly pointed out, he, I think he's one of his, the genius of Patrick Smith was not just his capacity to enunciate the story, but to actually pick out the absolute nub of the story, which I always found interesting. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I think the um, that that tells you that, uh, you know, um, uh, sports column writing um, is an art and uh, sometimes, if done especially well, can be just as effective, if not more so, than breaking a news story or... Um, you know, getting that uh, getting that kernel of uh, of information first, because if you can uh, distill it and 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 discuss it in a way that uh, is going to make people remember it and make yep. people talk about it, you're going to uh, set the agenda in your own way. Let's talk some cricket because the Aussies are through on Thursday night against South Africa. They've won their last seven after starting slowly and losing their first two. I don't feel like they're playing their best, Dan, like they're, they're, they're being saved by the heroics of a couple of individuals and I don't think collectively they've put the full performance together. Is that accurate or are you feeling a bit more confident than what I am? No, I don't think that's unfair. Um, and funnily enough, given that uh, it's a semi-final against South Africa and, and there's been a bit of talk of that legendary game in 1999 at uh, Edgbaston, 
that World Cup campaign for Australia was uh, was not dissimilar in terms of the performances up to the um, uh, the real crucible of the of, of the knockouts, where Australia didn't play the perfect game really at any stage leading up to the final. It was at that tournament where they uh, where they blitzed Pakistan in the in the decider at Lords, and I think this Australian team despite having won seven games in a row and despite having had some amazing and very memorable performances from a number of players, whether it be Glenn Maxwell, of course, against Afghanistan, Mitchell Marsh the other night against Bangladesh, or um, even the fact that uh, Adam Zampa has, you know, befuddled some of the world's best players all the way through the tournament, or certainly since Australia went on a run of seven wins in a row. They haven't had that perfect game yet, and I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing for Australia going into the semi and the final because it means that there's a sense of we can still improve, we can still be better. And I, I imagine that um, from the perspective of, of both you guys, sometimes in a you know AFL final series context, that, that can actually be quite a quite a powerful uh, motivator uh, even if um, you've achieved a lot through the year. Mm. Yeah, there's great examples of that in sport. Only uh, on the weekend we had the AFLW... Kangaroos had never beaten Melbourne. They smashed them uh, all over the park. Uh, Melbourne only kicked one goal. So, I mean, that's what I guess everybody's hanging their hat on when they come up against the might and power of India. They've still got to get through to the grand final. But uh, being undefeated in the home and away, if we can call it that, gives you uh, absolutely no more rights than anybody else that makes the top four. Yeah, that's right. And in, in terms of uh, in terms of India, um, uh, they're up against New Zealand, who... Uh, it must be said, knocked them out in the semi-finals of the 2019 World mm. Cup, um, and uh, there's no team in world cricket that gets more out of itself than New Zealand. If you think about the population base and the, the um, uh, you know the, the the revenue share of the game of cricket in New Zealand, um, the Black Caps do especially well at World Cups and very consistently. So uh, they will go into that game knowing that they're uh, they're a chance, you know, in a two-horse race, as they say. And uh, at the same time, Australia, yes, they have South Africa in the in the semi-final and, um, and a great occasion. That'll be at Eden Gardens in Kolkata. But if they do end up playing India, they also know that they're one of the few sides in the world that have matched it with India yep. in India in recent times. They actually won uh, a series over there earlier this year and they also um, won a game uh, against them in the, I think it was the third match of the, of the one-day series immediately before this World Cup. And of course... They should have had India down for the count in the first game of the World Cup had uh, Virat Kohli not been uh, not been dropped. Mm. So um, yeah, there's there's plenty of reason for Australia to feel that uh, they um, uh, they can get over uh, both their opponents in these last two games. The age chief cricket writer is Dan Bredig doing a magnificent job covering the World Cup. The Aussies through to the semi-final against South Africa on Thursday night. It'll be India against New Zealand on Wednesday night. You've written over the weekend about the selection headache for the Aussies. Glenn Maxwell picks himself. He'll come back in after being rested. And there's difference of opinion over whether it's Stoinis or Labuschagne to make way. Now, Ricky Ponting has been a big advocate for... Uh, Marnus Labuschagne, as has uh, Shane Watson, I think you wrote about, just for his experience through the middle order and the form that he's in. I think he's Australia's second leading run scorer throughout the tournament. Which way do you think they'll go? Uh, I would think that if we get the sort of pitch that um, they got um, for the... uh, It was India versus South Africa at Eden Gardens earlier in the tournament, I can see Marnus Labuschagne playing because that wasn't the easiest pitch to bat on. It was... um, 
uh, India made a score of 300 plus, but they had to play especially well with a number of you know their their test quality players. Obviously, Virat Kohli at the centre of that, um, and needed really to construct that innings. And then when it came South Africa's turn to bat, uh, the ball moved around under lights early, as it has done all the way through the tournament, and South Africa was skittled quite quickly. So uh, I think if if that sort of surface, then I'd imagine that Labuschagne plays ahead of uh, Stoinis. Uh, the only chance I can see of Marcus Stoinis playing is if they go there and they assess that uh, uh, basically a slab of concrete has been rolled out and mm. it's a very, very true surface. And so Marcus Stoinis' extra power and, and, and six-hitting ability comes into uh, into the equation. And, of course, um, he's also got the uh, ability to bowl some, uh, some handy overs. Dan, can you look into your crystal ball that I know you've just polished up uh, and tell us what's the what's the immediate, short-term, medium-term future for Alex Carey? Uh, it's a very good question. Um, I I would say that um, uh, he will be uh, you know persisted with in the test team. Okay. Uh, I don't I don't see there being um, a, um, a huge question mark uh, just yet. Over, over that for him um, but clearly this tournament has been a big step back for him in terms of losing his um, mm. l- losing his spot and um, and look maybe that time on the um, uh, on the on the bench for running drinks is um, is valuable time for him in a year where the Australian team has played a lot of cricket and for him to reassess how he needs to approach things as a wicketkeeper batter uh, and I think one of the things that is a clear message sent by the picking of, of Josh Inglis ahead of Alex Carey is that uh, they need, when Carey plays for them, and this I think is true regardless of the format, they need him to go out and, and bat with some aggressive intent. Um, uh, Brad Haddon, the former Australian keeper, would, would simply term it bat like a wicketkeeper, aka yep. someone who goes out there and tries to uh, change the momentum of the game. Um, and, and clearly that was the reason that ultimately Alex Carey was dropped. They lost confidence in his ability to uh, to do that. And while Josh Inglis hasn't had a terrific tournament in, in terms of the number of runs he scored, there is that one innings in a very, very important game against Sri Lanka uh, quite a while ago now, but when Australia were 0-2 and um, facing a tricky target against Sri Lanka, batting second, he came out and batted in exactly that fashion. And I think that's what the selectors would want to see from Carey. Who's better with the gloves? That's a good question. I think the um, uh, there's really very little to, to separate mm. them. Probably there's a little bit of a difference in that uh, Kerry's a, a bit taller and has a little bit more reach. I think that, that's probably something that's, uh, that, that can be handy at times. Um, I think they're both pretty sound um, technically, um, but... Uh, we also need to remember that um, keeping wicket over in, in South Asia is challenging and it's not always about looking great technically. You know, sometimes it's just a matter of getting a, getting a pad or a, or, or a glove in front of the ball, which is something that uh, the former India captain, Emmett Doney, did very, very well and uh, something that uh, Josh Inglis did manage to do a couple of times against Bangladesh the other night. Dan, from time to time we do little segments where... Uh, athletes need to perform under pressure like who needs a big performance who's under the pump who's under pressure who who does need a big one i think there's a couple of names of some some uh cricketers that need a big performance on thursday night pat cummins hasn't been great and mitchell stark are two names that i go directly to is that fair yeah i think it is uh you know we talked before about australia not having played the perfect game yet and 
absolutely they will be looking at the fact that they haven't gotten um, enough out of their uh, out of their quick bowlers with the with the new ball. Um, uh, Josh Hazelwood's had a had a very solid tournament, and even the other night didn't take a wicket against Bangladesh, but was very very economical. Mm. Um, but yeah, I think in the case of Mitchell Stark, he struggled a little bit with his line in the first couple of overs of the innings when the ball has been swinging. And if he gets it online, he's obviously very dangerous moving the ball late at pace. But so that's been a bit of a struggle for him. And then, uh, yeah, Pat Cummins, I, I feel as though uh, maybe um, to some degree, some of the um, opposing sides have kind of been looking to get at it when they, um, uh, when they face him, knowing that um, he isn't a, a, a big lateral mover of the ball. Um, and, uh, and and that was something that we saw at times as well, of course, during the Ashes series in Test cricket earlier this year. So uh, I yeah, completely agree that um, Cummins and Stark will uh, will be wanting to, um, uh, well, maybe not turn their fortunes around, but um, give uh, the sort of a down of themselves that uh, they would think their talent merits. There's no question that this 50-over World Cup is a, is a booming success. It's going to make a lot of money. It's in India, and uh, the new format's been... Well received by everybody. It just needs a, a fantastic climax to really cap it off. But the 50-over game uh, outside of the World Cup, has it got a future? Well, I would imagine that the um, – or not even imagine, I would expect that the, that the future of one-day cricket um, is one of the things that the administrators are talking about at the end of the tournament. There's an International Cricket Council uh, set of regular meetings yep. um, in India around the conclusion of the World Cup. Something that um, – happened uh, in recent years that uh, has, has come in for a bit of criticism was the fact that there was a one-day international league set up, which was meant to provide qualification for the World Cup, and mm. also meant that each series that was played had context, had meaning beyond itself. Um, that was then stripped away, uh, meaning that, um, well, it was meant to give, you know, boards and broadcasters more flexibility in terms of what they, what they scheduled. But what we saw, and you guys might remember, there was a, a one-day international series about 12 months ago, straight after the T20 World Cup in Australia, where Australia played England, and it was, um, to me, it was a, it was a kind of uh, unique achievement. How do you find a way for Australia and England to play each other and no one care about it? Yeah. Um, and so you know, that's that's really the thing that they've, they've got to look at. Um, in terms of 50-over uh, cricket, I think, yes, we've seen that... Um, get all the world's best players together in a tournament where they're all desperate to win and you're going to see some magic moments and you're going to see some, some things that make people want to go back to the format. It's about the cricket in between the World Cups that uh, needs a bit more thought, a little bit more careful thought. Well, cricket is a great sport. It provides magnificent finishes and sometimes the finishes come from positions of impossibility. I'm sure you would have caught up on uh, what's been floating around the game in Surface Paradise third grade, uh, third grade game where they were in a, the most impossible position and uh, somebody took six for six in the last over. Yes, well, it's, uh, it's one of those ones where um, uh, you often find a... Um, uh, and, and I don't know if you guys have played in, in, in club or junior games of cricket like this, but... Um, yeah, there's a chase on, and the runs the runs are, are, are whittling down, and you might get a wicket or two, and then there's a you know a, a huge amount of rev ups in the in the huddle and talking mm-hmm. about you know we're not going to lose this game. Um, just occasionally they do get one by the uh, by the side defending, and, and it, funnily enough that um, that instance uh, reminded me of the uh, 
the Women's National Cricket League final last season, where um, yep. uh, where South Australia were um, well, basically they were they were home, weren't yep. they? Yep. Um, and, and lost it all in the in the last over. And I think that that's one of the things that um, uh, that, that we do love about uh, about cricket that it can turn around that much. And um, yeah, and sometimes we do see that happen a little bit more often in the in a club context, maybe where um, you know the, uh, the the players um, aren't. Uh, Aren't completely uh, spending their uh, entire um, entire day and week um, ruminating on how to close out a close game. No, but I still think there'll be a players' meeting after this one. So, Surface Paradise uh, third grade were chasing 178. They were four for 174 with one over to go. They lost six wickets in six balls to lose the game. I'm not sure that will ever be done again. It, it was a bit like that South Australian final, Kane. I still remember your editorial after that. You were devastated. <laughs> oh, only only the Redbacks could do that, yep. produce a performance like that. I thought they were the only cricket team in the country that could do that. Hey, what have you made of uh, the post-mortem for, for England? I know you've been having a bit of a chuckle with, with some of the excuses, Dan. Yeah, well, I, I, I certainly um, uh, took note of uh, the the, um, the observation by uh, NASA Stone, who's an excellent commentator for uh, for Sky, um, that uh, yeah, that it's 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 tough for England to play the Ashes in the World Cup um, in the same year. Um, it, there is some interesting history there in terms of um, England actually got the schedule changed a few years ago in 2013, so that they didn't have to play an away Ashes tour and then immediately go on an away World Cup straight afterwards. Of course, in 2023, that's exactly what Australia have contended with. And yep. similarly in 2019, only that the World Cup was played before the Ashes. So, uh, yeah, it, I think one thing that that tells you is that if Australia do end up um, winning the semi and, and going on to win the, win the final, um, it's really an exceptional achievement because they will have done it in a, in a, um, in a year where England, their great rivals, have, uh, have, have cried foul at the schedule. Mm. And, of course, there's a great lot of history between uh, Australia and South Africa in a semi-final. The 1999 semi, which ended in a tie, but the Aussies progressed through to the final. I know you've been reliving a few of those memories uh, this week. Is it the best game of cricket you've seen? Well, that 99 semi, it, it was the best game of cricket that I didn't get to see live because I, uh, I was actually still at school at the time. And yeah, to, I was going to um, say. It was one of those, one of those ones where I, when I woke up, um, uh, oh, what about about 5.30 in the morning and uh, checked the VHS to make sure that the, uh, <laughs> that the South African innings had recorded uh, and then fast-forwarded uh, all the way to the, uh, to the end to, to find out what, uh, what happened. And it was an extraordinary... Um, piece of theatre that game uh, right the way through and and of course um, I think it's probably even further elevated in our mind since we lost Shane Warne because um, you know that's what that game and that tournament was one of those moments where uh, had it gone the other way we um, we might have seen quite a quite a, um, a good deal shorter international career for uh, for, for Shane and um, I'll be grateful that uh, he took those wickets and, uh, and mm. kept on bowling for a few years more. Yeah, he was named man of the match on that occasion, and hopefully South Africa can uh, choke again on Thursday night. Hey, mate, doing a magnificent job. Uh, hopefully the Aussies can progress through to another World Cup final, and if they do, no doubt, we'll ask you to come on the program and tell us about it, but we appreciate your time as always. Thanks,